This show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. But what's going on, man? How's it going? Pretty good. Well, no, not pretty good. Okay, so uh, what's the deal this time, huh? I I think you forgot something. Oh uh, yeah, what's that? My birthday. Buddy, but we went over this. You're not you're not alive. You're a robot. You're not like you don't have like living parts and stuff. You don't really have a birthday. Yep, and that's exactly what we need to talk about. What do you mean? For my birthday, I want a brain. Yeah, a a brain, you know, like the robot brains. Those guys are cool. They have real human brains. And I figure if they have a brain, then I can have a brain too. And then... That means that I can have a birthday, because I have a real living part. So, all you need to do is just find a brain, and plug it in, and then I'm good to go, right? So it's just that easy, huh? (laughs) Just find a brain, plug it in, and you're good to go. Exactly! I mean, buddy, but if this was even possible, where would I even start? How would I just find a brain? the easy part. I'm way ahead of you there. I've got a few to choose from already. You what? So, if anybody knows the best way to return brains, uh, write me and let me know. Because I've got like four brains here I don't know where Buddy Butt even got him I turned Buddy Butt off he's getting a little dangerous I think I'm hoping that these were collected from a I don't know a morgue or something otherwise we're gonna have a uh, a rampaging um, psychopathic robot out in the world collecting people's brains so I'm gonna uh, spend a little bit of time after I do the podcast uh, fixing BuddyBot and trying to figure out what to do with four brains. Um, in the meantime, uh, very topical <laughs> discussion this morning with BuddyBot. Uh, we're doing an episode about robo brains and what's going on with them. So uh, I guess let's just go ahead and get started. Man, I'm still reeling here. I don't know what to do with these these brains. Oh, uh, and other uh, other news also, just to get kind of this out of the way at the beginning. Um, thank you for the wonderful response about the Fallout Hub, the new podcast. I put out a quick little uh, little notice uh, episode up uh, at the end of last week. Um, the Fallout Hub is, if you didn't catch that, is a, a new, brand new podcast with me and Ken from Chad of Fallout 76 Story and Dave from Valpoise WV. And it is set in a vault that we discover 
hands have uh, taken over. That used to be Tim Kaine's, who, if you know Fallout stuff, you'll know Tim Kaine was kind of the brains behind the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> brains. <laughs> That's a good joke. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have lots of cool interviews coming up, including some really, really amazing stuff uh, with the community and just general talk about the games and updates for things going on in uh, Fallout 76. So if you need some more Fallout content, go check that out. The Fallout Hub, it should be up on everything very, very soon. Apple takes forever to approve stuff, but you can definitely get it on Spotify or just go to the anchor.fm link in the show notes and uh, check it out there. Uh, I think you guys are going to love it. This is, um, dare I say, even better than this show. So, uh, don't leave the show though. Come back, find out what happens to these brains and buddy bot. Anyway, so let's, let's move into the topic today. We're talking about robo brains. Now, why did I choose this topic? Uh, it's, it's because there was a recent thread on the fallout lore subreddit where somebody asked some questions about robo brains and it got me really thinking about this. Because I have I have some questions too, and I want to open this up to everybody and put this out there. So I think the best way to tackle this is just kind of go over some of the background, pull some of the wiki information, which I usually do, and then I'll uh, pitch you my question at the end of the episode. So let's just dive in. So RoboBrains, which are military alphanumetrical serial numbers RB-3928, are multi-purpose robots and robots in the major sense of them being programmed and also uh, have a metallic body that can do things. Their memories and programs are stored inside an organic or partially organic brain contained in a dome shell atop their chassis. They are considered intuitively superior to most robots as human brains allow them a wider range of response and functions. Their hands can operate most tools and weapons usable by humans. So right off the bat, we have programmed human brains. And that opens up a lot of questions. In the real world, I guess you could say the real world, as much as we know this is the real world, and we're not all just a bunch of brains in vats or just one brain in a vat that is hallucinating everything else around us. Um, so assuming that that is not the case, this is the real world. And according to what I know about the real world and the things that I've read about brain to machine functionality, that that is something that we are getting better and better at, but are not fully there yet. For example, um, there are people with prosthetic limbs now who can attach those limbs to our nervous system in order to operate and move those limbs. And the other thing that we've learned recently that I think is really, really cool is that the brain is so plastic. Pl plasticity is the ability to mold and change based on environment and stimulus. Um, but the brain is so plastic that you could theoretically attach any number of limbs. It doesn't necessarily have to be the number of limbs that are already contained in a human body. So theoretically, you could take a human brain and give it a spider body and that brain over time would learn how to work all of the each each of the individual limbs in a way that would make sense and that the brain is just naturally plastic like that. 
So this becomes a real possibility for the real world that if you were to be able to take a biological brain and wipe it and program it, then theoretically it could operate whatever body you put it in. It would just need to be trained and practiced in order to do so. So that's interesting. So let's dig into it a little bit more. The wiki here goes into the background and it says robo brains were created before the Great War by General Atomics International, both for the U.S. military and for the civilian sector. Official government records list only chimpanzee brains as being used in the robots, but at least some human brains were taken from the bodies of executed criminals. Now, this comes from a uh, an interview where Chris Taylor was interviewed with Vault13.net. Um, there may be some references in Fallout 3 as well to the fact that they executed uh, criminals and also use the brains in testing. Now, that's about all we know about that. The full extent of how these brains were developed or harvested for these Robots is not necessarily known. I can imagine that the human population before the war would be much more approving of using chimpanzee brains. But as we know, the governments and the powers that were powers that be powers that were uh, were not against using criminals or soldiers or just even people pulled off the street for all sorts of interesting techniques that would especially benefit the war effort. So let's, let's go a little bit further into this. Many of these criminals were insane. So the resulting robo brains also tended to be unstable despite complete reprogramming via the code technology. Now this is interesting. The code technology was one of the uh, details from the Van, Van Buren game that was eventually supposed to be fallout three that never came out. But the code technology does show up again in the Automatron expansion for Fallout 4. Now it goes on and says, some of these human robo-brain hybrids would try to kill themselves, apparently resenting being made into cyborgs. Rarely, some use the robo-brain technology as a means of life extension. They underwent the procedure willingly and were not mind-wiped. Burt Riggs, a lead developer of the RoboBain project, did I say RoboBain? RoboBrain project lived hundreds of years beyond the war this way. Now, the whole story about Bert is part of Vault 18, which we haven't tackled yet in our list of vaults. Um, so I'm going to leave most of that to a future episode. But what you need to know is that Bert perfected the RoboBrains in the vault and eventually decided that he and everyone else would be better off as robo-brains themselves. So that's a part of the Far Harbor DLC. So if you haven't played that yet, that's, that's in there. Um, but we'll get back to that in a future episode. Now, most of you have seen the robo-brains in the games. That's probably why you're listening to the show. Well, not specifically because you saw robo-brains, but because you've played the games, you've seen them. I don't need to describe specifically what they look like uh, other than saying that they are robots on tracks with two arms that can basically manage and do all sorts of things that they need. And up on top, they've got a dome with a bunch of 
the biomed gel in it and a brone brone a brain floating brain float turns into brone <laughs> and a bro brain floating in the gel and plugged into the rest of the machine and they've been known to wield things like AK-112 assault rifles and laser pistols and things like that. And they also have a voice synthesizer in them so that they can talk and say things to you that are sometimes a little bit confusing. But after this quick little break, we're going to go into the programming and why some of that talking might be a little confusing. So we'll be right back. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. Hey there, Wastelanders and Vault Dwellers. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, again. And we're going to wrap up the second half of this episode. Before we get into that, though, I just wanted to take a moment to let you guys know that the PAX East event is coming up at the end of this month in Boston. And I will be up there for the event. There's some stuff going on, and... Traditionally, the Bethesda Game Days thing happens uh, parallel to the event. And although it hasn't been officially announced yet, I have a feeling that that's going to be a thing. So uh, I also have a feeling we'll say that there's going to be some surprises in store for you guys. Um, I might be a little plugged into some things, but I can't reveal anything right now. So uh, for now, stay on the edge of your seat and uh, stay tuned for some fun announcements in the future, but I will be up there. Also, um, some of the other people from Robots Radio are going to be up there, including Ken from Chad of Fallout 76 story uh, as well, and maybe some other people too. I can't go into a whole lot of details, but we're going to be up there in Boston at the end of the month. The, I believe it's the 27th, 28th, 29th-ish um, for that like Friday, Saturday, leave to come back home on Sunday, that kind of thing. So if you're going to be in the area or you just happen to live up there, come on out. Let's set up a get together. And if you can't get into the events, I know that traditionally the Bethesda event parallel to PAX East is free. So it's the sort of thing that if you get there early enough and in line, you'll be able to get in and hang out and get to experience whatever it is that they haven't announced yet, but hopefully we'll be announcing soon. And um, otherwise, uh, we would love to hang out with you guys. Maybe go get some drinks in the evening, hang out somewhere. Uh, I think it would be really cool to meet up with anybody who will be in town, nearby, or going to PAX East. So this will be our first sort of robots radio meetup events and uh i can't wait to to get up there and enjoy everything with you guys i will be wearing my robots hat if you aren't familiar with the hat it's it's on the logo that goes on my uh twitter account robots underscore radio the twitter account and you'll I'll, I'll wear it on stream usually so that you guys can see it it's kind of like my branding device so that everybody knows who i am when i go places uh it worked pretty well at the vegas event for eso recently because people could see it on the stream uh, when I was sitting in the front row. People were messaging me, hey, I totally could see you on there because I, I recognize the robots hat. So um, if you don't know, it's just a it's like a trucker hat with the word robots, like the red font robots from the robots radio logo. Anyway, we'll be up there. I hope to see you guys um, jump on the discord. Send me a note. Let me know if you're going to be up there and um, I will probably be using the discord 
In fact, I think I, what I'll do is I'll set up a channel in the Discord specifically for the PAX East event, and we can communicate through there in order to meet up and let people know where we're going to be. So as as we get closer to the event, I'll have more of an understanding of what the time frame for things are going to be and when and where things will be happening. So, for example, in the evening, if I'm going out to dinner and it's the kind of thing where everybody can join, I'll say, hey, this is the plan. I'll be at dinner at this place at this time. Uh, let's meet up there and then everyone can respond. So that's that'll be the plan. If you're not on the Discord, it's easy to get to. You can click the link in the show notes and you can use it on a PC or on your phone and you jump in and you're going to get lots of people saying hi to you because it's super active and a super positive, wonderful place to be. So enough of that stuff, enough of the housekeeping. Let's get back into RoboBrains. So RoboBrains, let's talk about the way they're programmed. And the section here in the wiki goes on and explains this a bit more. It says here that RoboBrains, due to the nature of their organic processor, can be programmed with much more complex and expansive instructions than typical robots. Now, this is interesting. From what I understand, human brains are very, very different in the terms that of how we process information and how at least we understand the human brains to be than, say, electronic processing devices. They work f- similarly, but very different. So something like uh, the CPU in your computer is much better at crunching numbers. And in fact, it can crunch numbers way faster than human brain can by orders of magnitude. But A human brain has the ability to do things that a processor can't. And I don't know a whole lot about this. If you happen to be a neurologist or somebody who really understands these things, please write in and let us know because I think this would be really cool. But I do know that human brains have capacity to do things that something like a processor can't because they are fundamentally different. They're not just designed to do things like crunch numbers. It's something that we've been able to evolve to do, but isn't necessarily inherently the main focus of the way a brain works. It goes on and says, this also means they are superior to typical combat robots in the Fallout universe, at least in terms of their tactics and strategy. Military maintenance bots can be controlled via a WLAN matrix network. In this case, a central AI operates the robot. In the Mariposa military base, this is from Fallout 1, there were a few different programs listed that were uh, part of running RoboBrains, including facility maintenance, movement, repair, pest control, hearts, and sensors. And they have different numbers and, and things, just like a, you know programming, like version 2.1, things like that. Stuff isn't super important other than to know that there were specifically programs listed that early in the games as fundamentally part of setting up and controlling the robots themselves. It's almost like these games were designed by programmers. Imagine that. It goes on and says, however, it is imperative that robo brains be routinely memory wiped as it is possible for the brain to break its own programming. And this includes the code programming or other types and develop serious personality quirks. In Fallout 3, many suffer from this fate and have grown to dislike what they were programmed for. This sounds like your own personal hell. 
<laughs> I'll just put that there. We're going to get back to that. But at the same time, can do nothing to stop themselves from carrying out their programmed orders. This is hinted at by their battle cries of, but not limited to, things like, Please don't take this personally. They could have programmed me to love, to forgive, but no. <laughs> and when this is all over, I hope we can still be friends. And this makes a lot of sense because I, I remember noticing these in the games and uh, thought it was odd, but didn't really pay much attention to why they were saying these things. But this idea that your brain is wiped, but it, it still has some of the memories or some of the awareness that like the human brain in fundamentally is designed in a way to be self-aware. And then that part of the brain over time would eventually reemerge. It's really interesting. So it also goes on here and says, However, some seem to enjoy what they have been programmed to do with disturbing remarks such as, don't be afraid, I've become quite good at killing. And I remember that one too. One other thing of note here is that most robo-brains, at least in the capital wasteland, have a noticeably feminine personality. And from what I can tell, there's no reason necessarily that they have a feminine personality, like they came from feminine brains or something like that. It's more that they were programmed that way and that the the speech and the tone of the voice was part of their programming to be more feminine. Now, whether that was designed in a way to make them more appealing to humans and less threatening? I don't know. It doesn't seem to make sense. If these were built as military machines, then you probably want them to be f more threatening. But maybe, maybe a female voice is more threatening when it shoots at you. I don't know. I'm just speculating here. But it's kind of an interesting thing. If you have any thoughts on that, let me know. So let's get back to the main moral dilemma here. Aside from just the fact that you are now collecting brains, which may or may not be human, but let's assume that some of them are, because that seems to be the case. Not only do you have the moral dilemma of using a human's brain inside a machine against its will, but even if you had approval from the human, it's not like you are transporting, no wait, transplanting, that's the word, transplanting something like a spleen or uh, a heart. The brain is the part of you that is you. We, for all intensive purposes, don't have any reason to scientifically be able to verify that your mind, the part of you that makes you you, exists anywhere outside of your brain. There are philosophical and religious theories about this, that the brain works as a receptor to the soul and that the mind is something in between or, or that kind of stuff. But really, we have no proof for any of that. If anything, you and your brain are one in the same. Your mind is a result of the neurons in your brain firing and building you over time. You start as a baby with very little experience and very little knowledge and brand new little neurons in there that are trying to figure out how to move you around and how to work your parts and 
hear things and make sounds and do all sorts of stuff, right? And then over time, due to your genetics and also your environmental conditioning, your personality emerges. Your habits are very, very much defined by the way your brain is set up. You are your brain. Your brain is you. So to take that and move that into a robot body and then attempt to wipe its memories, to create a blank slate, seems like a problem, especially if that person can reemerge later and then has to compete with your programming, with your with the things that that robot has been programmed to do, like kill people. And then you get the examples of the voice lines where they're apologizing, but they can't stop themselves from doing it. But there's another piece to this. That, yes, that seems like a personal hell to be aware that you are trapped within a machine that you don't have full control over, right? It seems like, oh, that would be terrible. But let's take this a step further. Let's look at how we already are. How many of us in our own bodies can claim to have 100% control over everything we do all the time? And if you say, yes, that's me, then you're fooling yourself. Most of the time, human beings are emotional creatures that sometimes have rational thoughts. And then sometimes, an even smaller percentage of the time, we actually can force ourselves to act on those rational thoughts. Think about it. How many times have you told yourself, you know what, I need to eat healthier. I need to work out. I should go do that. And then you can't make yourself do that. Or, hey, I've got this really important thing to do in the morning. I should probably put down this video game and go to bed. And then you can't make yourself do that. We are only partially in control. The part of our brains that, I guess, uh, to be more specific, the part of our brains that are rational are only partially in control of the rest of the mechanism of the brain itself. You want further proof? Try to control your pulse. You can't. You can influence your pulse. You can reduce your pulse by maybe 10 beats per minute or increase it but you can't actually control it. Try to keep yourself from breathing. You can hold your breath. You might be even able to hold your breath for a minute or two, but at some point, there's a part of your brain that is programmed to force you to breathe if you can. And it would take a lot of practice to overcome that part of your brain. So in some ways, are we that different from robo-brains already? What do you guys think? Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please contact us at falloutlorecast at gmail.com or follow us and post some messages to us on Twitter at falloutlorecast. And if you'd like to support the show, tell a friend, or check out the rewards you can get for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon.